part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. 2 Timothy 3, 14-17 But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right god uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that i am giving you today repeat them again and again to your children talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Deuteronomy 6, 6, 7. Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Psalms 127, 3. Don't you see that children are God's best gift, the fruit of whom his generous legacy I give him a round. So, so last week, uh, Bobby talked about passing the baton and, and what it means. I know some of y'all are distracted right now. But that's pr- part of the game plan because I'm distracted. I'm just kidding. But, but last week, Bobby talked about um, Paul passing off to Timothy and, and what a great mother and grandmother he had, and other individuals around him that prepared him for that next level. And that's what, as Cornerstone, that's what we're, we're striving for right now. So if you see this big poster over here, this is kind of what our next steps are. The journey through the storyline of Scripture. Okay? So the children are the current generation. We don't want to say the next generation they are, but they're the current because when we pass, what's left? And if we're not teaching them up, training them up, just as Proverbs said, what are we going to do? And that's where, hey, some toes might get stepped on today, but it's going to be in love. And, and, and when we wrap it all up, it's going to be, hey, how can Cornerstone be that lighthouse? How can we change the community one family at a time. Right now we're going to watch a quick video. Pay attention. I worked hard on this video. The Bible is an amazing book. It's not just a collection of stories. It's one big story where everything points to Jesus. It begins with God creating a perfect world and placing a perfect couple in the middle of it. But Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and sin and death entered the world. God decided to judge the earth by sending a great flood, but he told Noah to build an ark so the animals and Noah's family could be saved. One of Noah's descendants was a man named Abraham. God promised Abraham that his family would be used to bless the whole world. The Israelites would have a special land to live in and would be as countless as the stars in the sky. When a famine spread through the land, God used Joseph to bring the Israelites to Egypt. But after a time, the Egyptians made them their slaves. So God raised up another leader, Moses to rescue his people and lead them to the promised land. God performed amazing miracles along the way. He taught the Israelites how to live. He showed them how to build a tent called the tabernacle where sacrifices could be offered for their sins. But even after they arrived in the promised land, the Israelites continued to rebel. They worshipped idols and demanded a human king instead of God. God was patient and allowed them to have a king. 
One of those kings was David, who defeated Goliath. David's son Solomon built a beautiful temple for God that replaced the tabernacle. But Solomon's sin caused the kingdom to be split in two. During this difficult time, prophets like Isaiah told the people about the Messiah. The Messiah would make things right with God again. Even when the Israelites were conquered by other kingdoms, they held on to the promise that one day the Messiah would come and rescue them. In time, God led the Israelites back to the land. The temple was rebuilt. Jerusalem's walls were repaired. The prophet Malachi foretold that the Messiah was on the way. Then, silence. For 400 years, God remained quiet. The silence was broken by the cry of a tiny baby born in a manger. His name was Jesus. Jesus was the Messiah. He lived a sinless life, performed miracles, and showed the people how to return to God again. Some believed Jesus. Most did not. He was arrested and crucified on a cross. And then something amazing happened. Three days after his death, Jesus came to life again, conquering death and defeating sin once and for all. At the beginning, we said that all of the Bible points to Jesus. So you might think it's strange that he appears so late in the story. Or does he? Look closely, and you'll find signs that point to Jesus right from the very beginning. God used the ark to save Noah, pointing to the day when we would find salvation in Jesus. God promised to bless the world through Abraham's family, which he did through Jesus. The sacrifices pointed to Jesus, who became the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. The pages of the Bible are filled with stories that point us to Jesus. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus' friends carried his message to the ends of the earth. Faithful followers like Peter, Paul, and others shared the good news wherever they went. And you and I have the same calling. We are to share Jesus wherever we go until one day, He returns to make everything right again. Yes, the Bible is full of amazing stories. But really, it's all about Jesus. That's the story. That's his story. Did you, ever, did you ever think about that every story in the Bible was focused on Jesus, even before he was there? Mike, if you put up that next slide. So every story cast his shadow. So there's 66 books, dozens of authors, a holy canon, thousands of years in the making. Every word, every verse bears his testimony of the holy Messiah, Jesus Christ, the eternal King. So the new curriculum we're talking about, the Gospel Project, is a chronological Christ-centered Bible study for... They have it for kids, students, adults. They have it for preschool. Um, that examines how the Scriptures give testimony to Jesus Christ. Over the course of a three-year period, we'll go through the journey from Genesis to Revelations and discover how God's plan of redemption unfolds throughout Scripture and still today, compelling them to join the mission of God. And what's the mission of God? It's okay, you can talk. Say what? All to be saved. And how are we going to get all to be saved? Reach them. But how are we going to reach them? You got to preach the. That's a novel idea, Miss Brittany, to preach the gospel. 
And that's what we want to, that's what we want to put the foundation for with our kids. And that's where we're looking for partnership of our church body to make this happen. Because it's not just going to happen with a couple individuals. It won't. Because it's bigger than that. I wasn't blessed with the opportunity to, to grow up in a church. I didn't know anything about church. But I've heard many stories from people here and through the ministry and through other things where people have grown up in the church and heard all about these stories. And that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to give that foundation where our kids understand and are not afraid of what's out there because it's real. And with that, so what we're looking to do, as we talked about, Bobby talked about and mentioned last week. Sorry. I make a mess when I preach. Um, is that right now we're doing it every week. We have a new teacher. And that's tough to build relationships. And that's what the love of Jesus is about is about relationships. So we're looking to go to a model of four to six to five, six, seven weeks, whatever the part of the curriculum, whatever the session is, we're looking for individuals to step up and say, hey, I'll take that four week. Hey, I'll take that six weeks. And why do we want to do that? Because just like anything, the more you get to see somebody, guess what? You learn about them. You learn more about them. If Johnny's having a rough day when he comes in, you're going to know because you saw him the last three weeks and you know something's different and you can address it. You can talk to him and you can talk to him and her. So that's where we're going. Um, and, and part of their values, which Bobby and I truly like, is Christ-centered study that helps participants understand how all Scripture from Genesis to Revelations give testimony to Jesus Christ. A chronological study plan that shows how the Bible is not just a collection of stories, but one unified story. God's story of glorious redemption. Um, age alignment. If, if, as a church, as we get started in this, if all of us wanted to go to it, then that would be pretty neat. I mean, that's just another way. Because when we went home, guess what all of us would be talking about? The same story. Not that it's wrong to be talking about different stories and doing different things. But this, cur- this curriculum, this study, allows from preteens all the way to adults to walk through the same stuff. And so when you get home, as Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says, we would talk about it at home. Um, and mission application. This is the one that is kind of step on some toes, Okay. Mission application that examines how the gospel encourages and empowers us to be mission-driven. Because it's great to come here to church every week. We're so thankful that we get to come here to church every week. But a good chance, 99 point something percent of us in this building right here, we all know Him as our one true Savior. And yeah, the Bible tells us to fellowship together and do life together. But when it comes back to missional application, and I'm going to talk about some numbers because I'm a number nerdy geek guy here in a little bit. When our students leave high school, where do they go? College, right? Or out into the world to the workforce. Is it this safe environment they're in right here? Is it in that safe environment they're in your home right now? No, it's a little bit different because they're out there in the big world, right? And so that's, that's where we're trying to sit there and sit, tell them, hey, you have to know this stuff. You have to put it in your heart. And, and we are very blessed. We're able to homeschool our, our daughter. And uh, right now, she, her and Sherry are learning the book of James. And, and just for her to come in there and, and memorize it and then come back and tell me it. You want to talk about a proud papa? That's a proud papa. To see that and to sit there and know that she has that stuff ingrained in her. So when she's out there in that bad situation, it should just come to memory and be able to combat it. And that's the neat, that's the neat thing. And then essential doctrines that help participants grasp the theological truths and central themes of the Christian faith. 
But it goes back to relationships. And if you, if you have a bulletin, if not, there's probably still some out there in the worship and prayer part. And that's something that I encourage you to, um, to, to, to get your mind and body right. We have to, when we come through these doors, we kind of have to clear ourselves of all the garbage that's been going on during the week and kind of sit there and say, Lord, not that we shouldn't do it every day, but that you're here, you came here for a purpose, that we should just clear our mind and sit there and say, Lord, speak to me. Show me what you want me to do today. And in the word and in the worship and prayer, there's a little blurb in there that says, and in relationships between students and teachers and ball coaches and students is very essential. And that's one reason Bobby and I are so on point that we're so, that we want to build those relationships between the teachers and the students. That in there I put, I'm sure all of us had somebody, whether it was a school teacher, somebody at church, a football, a basketball, a sports contact, somebody that poured into us outside our mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or aunt and uncle. I'm sure there was somebody in there, and, and, and my prayer is that you're thinking about that individual right now that was a game changer for you, a difference maker. And then the challenge is, how are you going to be a difference maker for somebody else? Because we have to keep it going. If we don't keep it going, what happens? It dies, right? It dies. I don't have a green thumb. Usually when we get a plant, what does it do? It dies. Even though I water it. Maybe I water it too much. I don't know. It's another whole other topic. But if, if we're not pouring into somebody, there's trouble. But vice versa. If someone's not pouring into us, there's trouble. Because if somebody keeps pouring out, if I just poured this out, what happens to it? It's empty. So we have to get refueled in order to refuel somebody else. So right now, we're going to look at some scripture. Uh, we're going to go to 2 Timothy three, fifteen through 17. Um, that's the one that Rory read. So if we look... And, and I like to use different versions, different translations, um, just to pull out some different words that, that help me, that help me understand and meditate and study the Word a little bit better. So I think you're going to see two different translations uh, this morning. But in 2 Timothy three fifteen through 17, 15 it says, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've been given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. 16. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Scripture's good like that. But guess what? To have it tell us what to do in 16 and in 16B right there, to tell us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives... There's a caveat to that. If I just touch it, am I going to know that? What do I got to do to make 16B happen? Read it. What? I have to read that? Hmm. Because guess what social media, guess what TV, guess what other avenues, secular avenues, what are they telling you or how are they telling you what is true and what is wrong? How are we getting it? I can't hear you. Word of mouth? Television? Social media? We're flooded with it. Right? Because they're going to tell us what they believe is right or wrong. But when we come back to it, the Bible is the only truth. 100% true. So when we look at it, Tells us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. If we're not reading the Bible or as we take it back to the kids, if we're not teaching them these stories and how they relate back to Jesus, how are they going to know what's right or wrong? Makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? 
It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I'm sure all of us have had that little tingling in our stomach before, right? Now, it didn't mean you were hungry. It didn't mean Jeff or Bobby went over 12 o'clock and the restaurant's waiting on you. That's not the tingling I'm talking about. The tingling I'm talking about is when you have to make a decision. And you get that feeling in your stomach or in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, veer right. But too many times we say, hey, Lord, I got this. You put this up there in this old noggin for a reason. I'm going left. Because I'm right. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. 17. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So just like our students, if they have an assignment at home... They go to school, they come back with an assignment. Are we going to make sure they do it? Why? What, Q? They should be responsible, you're right. But if they're not responsible and it's due on Monday and today is Sunday, what are we going to do as parents? We're going to... Huh? Give it back the next day? No, we're going to sit there and say, hey, you got a project due tomorrow. You're going to do it right now. That's what we're going to do. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do good works. Are we allowing Scripture to show us right and wrong? As we go back to 16. Are we as adults... Allowing Scripture, allowing the Word, allowing Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit, allowing collectively the true King. Are we allowing it to show us right and wrong? Because we're going to go right back to the kids. Because that's what this is about. If we don't understand some of these as adults, how are we going to teach them to our kids? If we're not being energized, how are we going to energize our kids or the kids in the community? Prime example, I thought I was up to date on the news. Last night we were watching some football and Sherry goes, a state of emergency? What's going on? Anybody stop to get gas today? Nobody stopped to get gas today? According to the news yesterday, or the, the AJC I read, and somebody here went to eight gas stations and couldn't get any gas because a pipeline from Alabama to here has just been spewing gas into somewhere. And so now, if you go to get gas today, it's $2.55 or more, up from $2.09 Six days ago. So if we're not fueling ourselves, if you didn't fuel your car, unless you got an electric car, if you didn't fuel your car, what's going to happen after so many miles? Gas is going to run out. You're going to be pushing. Mutt and Jeff and two hands, you're not going to go too far. Same thing here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have to allow Scripture to speak into us. We have to allow ourselves to become vulnerable, to become transparent, to allow this to happen. In Proverbs 22, 6, most of us have heard this one. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a simple one, right? Any of us that have older kids... We taught them right. Everything should be good when they walk out the door. Correct? Miss Jan, I see you're shaking your head. That's a no. (laughs) But 
we trained them up, right? They lived with us for 18 years, maybe longer. After 18 years, they should understand what right and wrong is, right? Don't you agree, Seth? Even when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. Hmm. It's a novel idea. The funny thing about that is, once again, I'm that neat, nerdy numbers guy. So, Barna and USA Today did a study, and 75% of so-called born-again Christians step away, walk away from their faith during college. Now, it doesn't say some of them doesn't come back later in life. But if you had 100 in your youth ministry, 25 are going to stay the course. But it just said here in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I think Bobby's line last week was, was excellent, and Myra, you beat me to putting it on social media. Are you raising a rule follower or a Christ follower? Because that goes right back to Proverbs 22, 6. Are we as parents, are we as churches, are we just going through the motions? With our Sunday morning curriculum. Are we just going through the stories and not laying that foundation that will change that number from 75%? It's scary to think about. And then, this, I fell right into this one. At what age do people decide to follow Christ? Decide to ask Him into their heart? So, four to four, age 4 to 14, what do you think the percent is? Once again, it's okay to talk. 60%? What did you say? 75 Ninety? Eighty? Eighty-five percent. So from age four to fourteen, eighty-five percent of people that decide to make the profession of faith. Fifteen to thirty. What percent? We already said 85 was taken up. It's out of 100, Q. Hey, hey, everybody go back to math class. We've already used 85%. (laughs) I know you did. 10%. 10% from age 15 to 30. So, so our, our, our window is, is shrinking. Okay? After 30, it's 4%. And the study I had, the 1% was 0 to 4, which that's, I don't know. That's a whole other topic. But the 4 to 14, we have the most influence over these individuals. Um. And that's, that's the whole thing about this is, is that if we can influence them and, and teach them and train them up to know the Word, to have a foundation, this is going to help. Because after 15, you go from 85% to 10%. And that's like the old saying, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. It's possible, but it's hard. So Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. 
Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. What are we talking to our kids about? Or what are you talking to your grandkids about? Or what are you talking to your nieces and nephews about? What are you talking about the community kids about? That's where it's at. Because if we don't tell them, somebody else will tell them something different. And and it goes back to the worship and prayer. I'm sure some of you that have grown up in church and had Mrs. Betty as a Sunday school teacher... You remember some of the stuff that she taught you and said to you. Because she poured into you. She loved on you unconditionally. When you threw the toy across the room, she was still loving on you. She might have tanned your hiney, but she was still loving on you. And that's how our father is. That's how the good, good father is. And that's what we have to realize. I received this text um, when we talk about pouring into people and talking to them and in the home, in the night. Um, I, don't, I don't see him. He won't. He's not here. So, A student was upset that he had a new teacher. And... Uh, he wasn't. He didn't have any friends in his class, and almost to the point of tears. And uh, the mom says, "Hey, I prayed over each of the boys last night, and sure they heard me ask for a great first day of school and year." Well, he came home today so excited to tell me that he loves his new teacher. He even made a new friend. There's a new kid in class, and this student said, "Mr. Jeff told us if we see somebody at school who is sad, give him a compliment." So he said, I saw this guy, this boy, who was sad with his head down. And I went over to him and said, hey, I like your shirt. And he smiled really big and said, thanks. Later he asked if he wanted to be friends. And they introduced themselves and shook hands. Melted a mama's heart. Why? It's because Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. Tell them when they wake up. Tell them when they go to bed. Tell them when they're in Sunday school. Tell them when you see them on the football field. Tell them when you see them in the grocery store. Tell them when you see them at school. Because that's what it tells us to do. And this is for us adults right here, number six. And we must commit ourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I've given you today. How many of us have slacked on six And when we slack on six, it trickles down into seven. Repeat them again and again. And no, it's not repeat, hey, Johnny, pick up the toy. That's not what we're talking about repeating. Because that's where we've gotten ourselves in trouble. We say, hey, Johnny, pick up the toy. One, two, three. No. Bless you. That's the problem. Parents, and we must commit ourselves, Sunday school teachers, and we must commit ourselves, elders, and we must commit, commit ourselves, pastors, and we must commit ourselves, servants, and we must commit ourselves, everybody, and we must commit ourselves wholeheartedly. There's not a, there's not a, a special thing that says, hey, you can do it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It should say, hey, commit yourselves to every day that ends with a Y. Did y'all catch that? Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Church, we do great. Cornerstone is is loving on children well. But how do we love on them better? How do we become that lighthouse right here on Highway 11? How do we reach out there and become missionally minded and get outside of these four wonderful walls that the Lord has blessed us with to go out there and and love on kids differently? 
And once again, I'll put a little plug in for something called, in Jackson County, it's called Lindsay's Legacy Mentoring. You get to spend 30 minutes at public schools. Guess what? The public schools let you go in there and you get to love on kids. And after you build that relationship with them, guess what you could tell them about? Jesus. Isn't that ironic? That's pretty cool. That they'll let a person like me, I know, that's hard to believe, somebody like me just to roam around the public schools. I know, don't say anything smart. The pastor will be back later today, okay? But, ladies and gentlemen, if it's not just here at Cornerstone that we're loving on the kids, it's out on the football field. Because guess what? Someone might not have a dad. It's out on the cheerleading court, on the basketball court. Someone might not have that role model, that figure. And that's what Bobby and I, the Lord's laid on our heart. We know it's just a curriculum. We know that. But with the people behind it, with the stories behind it, with the love behind it, it changes people. And like I said, I'm a nerdy guy. I can't see out of these. Um, I thought this was pretty neat. Once again, why are so many people falling away? Why are so many people falling away from the faith? Um, Not every child who starts out in church stays in church. In fact, many young people are falling away from the faith and walking away from the church as they grow older. A recent survey conducted by the Barna Group, a leading research organization, found that less than 1% of young adult population in the United States has a biblical worldview. Okay? And And Barna described a biblical worldview. Absolute moral truth exists. Okay? An absolute moral truth. The Bible is completely inerrant. I had to look it up. Not capable of being wrong. Okay? Just for some of y'all that are way brighter than the 40-watt light bulb I am. Not capable of being wrong. Okay? Satan is a real being, not symbolic. A person cannot earn his way into the kingdom of God through good works. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth. God is supreme creator of the heavens and earth and reigns over the whole universe today. So a lot of people don't even have that biblical worldview, even though they're raised in church. Now, is that scary? That's scary. Okay, and then later it says this. Um, but many of these... One of the key reasons they do so is intellectual skepticism. But how many of these youth or or students were actually taught the Bible in their homes or in church? Statistics show that children today spend on average 30 hours per week in school. Okay? 30 hours per week in school. I know, guys, you didn't think it was that much, but 30 hours. That's what you're spending. That's a long time, Charlie. You're right. So, hey, hold on. <laughs> they spend 30 hours per week in school, and they're often taught ideas that, dramatic, that dynamically oppose to biblical truths, i.e. Revol- evolution. Um, then they come home to another 30 hours per week spent in front of a television or on social media. This is in contrast to the time spent weekly in a church classroom, 45 minutes. So we got 30 minutes in school. Uh, 30 hours. Dang it, Charlie, you're right. I'm glad you're paying attention, Charlie. You make Mr. Jeff's heart very, very happy right now. 30 hours in school, 30 hours on social media or something else. And guess what? We get 45 minutes to an hour and a half if they come twice. For this. 45 minutes. Goes back to Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. Um, it's understandable why young people leave home without a Christian worldview. And why many are falling away from the faith. Um, but the... 
the awesome thing here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the awesome thing is here is that we have complete control over it. Because if we go back to, to 2 Timothy, when he says, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, not some, not part, all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. So we have the answer. Whoever took the test, you know, and had all the answers. I'm coming to school with you, Charlie. But just imagine that. So don't go out, don't go out these doors defeated today by the numbers of, of people walking away or, or the trend that's been going. We have the answers to change what's happening. The toe-stepping part what are you going to do about it? Right? Because if we thought Sally, nobody in here named Sally, right? Okay. If we thought Sally, if so, I apologize. If we thought Sally was going to be that gymnast, right? Going to the Olympics, win a gold medal. What would we do for Sally? Cheer, but what else? Time to train, celebrate. You'd travel all over the United States, right? Didn't matter. You, you wouldn't go on vacation to pay for all the stuff. Because we thought Sally was going to win that gold medal and we wanted to love on our child to be great and do great things. Parents, adults, teenagers... We have the same obligation. It's just about Christ. I'm not saying anything's wrong with sports. I'm not. I'm a sports junkie. Junkie. And believe me, I don't have it up here. If y'all would see my signature, it's like a bird. It doesn't say Jeff Grant, one iota. But I thought I was going to play pro football. And so to oh I got a pen right here in my nerdy thing. So that right there, can y'all see that? Hey, y'all can forge that if you want because that is Jeff Grant. Because I thought the footballs, the jerseys, everything was coming. So when I was walking to the locker room, I just need to be able to reach up and go. And just keep going because I was going to be that guy. I was. And so I came up with with a bird. That's what I came up with. That says Jeff Grant. When we closed on our house, the attorney had to call them and says, Look, I've seen his ID. What I'm faxing over is his signature. Because it was going to get, re- <laughs> it was going to get rejected. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because that's Jeff Grant. Because I thought, and I didn't have anybody tell me any better, that Jeff, you're not going to play in the NFL. But I thought I was. But that's where, ladies and gentlemen, it goes back to. We have the answers right here in front of us. We have the answers. How are we going to implement them? And guess what? How are we going to sacrifice some of the other things we like to do to love on a child? To be that game changer? Because not everybody grows up in that house. We don't know what they're dealing with when they come through those doors. We don't. Now, as adults, we're good at putting on that facade when we come through those doors. We were yelling all the way down Gum Springs Road, getting in the parking lot, still yelling. Lucky Bluetooth can't put that out like it does a phone call sometimes. You shut the doors, and you're the happiest couple ever. I don't know. And maybe it's the doors. I don't know. Because when you shut them, 
It's a whole different world. And then you walk through the doors. And then when you go back out the doors, you open the car doors, you shut them, it's on like Donkey Kong. All the way to lunch. And then you're civil to order lunch. And you might even be civil to eat lunch because you don't want nobody else in your business that's eating a Big Mac next to you. And then when you, you guess it's the doors again. When you're done with lunch, you get back in the car, ba-boom, it's on again. Okay? We don't know what these children, these students are going through. And that's why, and I know there's many educators in here, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Because you built those relationships. You can come on up, Ricky. As, as we talk about this, I know we keep going back to this, and, and, and we're going to keep going back to this. Because, once again, this is only a curriculum. But we got to have the church's involvement. And, and, and I know Bobby mentioned it last week, and, and that's some of the stuff. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't have a Miss Betty that was 98 years old and, and taught me about the Bible. Um, but we need all hands on deck to make this happen. Without that, we're going to miss some. And the ones that fall through the cracks, those are the ones that we really need to snatch up. So be praying this week about what does that look like for your life? What does that look like for your family's life? Maybe it's you dust off those teaching clothes you put those teaching boots back on and you love on a student because they need it. And guess what? It might not even be that student that needs it just as in a text I got. It was the student, the trickle-down effect. He listened and he loved on somebody else. And because I like to step on toes, I'm reading a book called Point Man. It has something in there called spirit, spiritual anorexia or spiritual bulimia. I know those two words are very harsh in the, so, in the, in the secular world. And, it, and, and you're right, they're, they're, they're real words. But spiritual anorexia or spiritual bulimia. How many of us, and this is really talking to us men, how many of us have opened our Bibles this week? You're right, I'm stepping on some toes. Because it goes right back to Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And goes right back to 2 Timothy, 13, 2 Timothy 3, 16. How can it teach us if we haven't opened the book? Or the bulimia part is, we can sit under the best pastors. We can sit in the best churches. We can read the best material. But if we don't implement it, what good was it? Right? That's like if you play lotto and you got the numbers and you don't play them and then it comes up. Did it really work? I don't play lotto. Just kidding. Just, just saying. But we have the answers, ladies and gentlemen. And, and as, as, as the praise and worship team sings this last song, the steps are open. There's nothing magical about it. But if you're heavy-hearted, if you're looking for someone to pray with, I'll be standing here. We can, if a, if, a, if a young lady needs somebody to pray with, we can find a young lady to pray with them. Think about that change maker that changed your life. Pray for him, and then ask God, how can I be that change maker for somebody else? I tell me, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for how you love us and take care of us. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the 66 books of the Bible. Lord, we thank you that it all points back to your son. And Lord, the challenge for us is to implement it. As Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 say, Hey, let us speak about it everywhere and often. Proverbs 22, 6, Let us train up the children. 
and 2 Timothy 3.16. Lord, let your word tell us what's right and wrong. Lord, guard our hearts from the evil that's out there. Yes, there's evil out there. Lord, guard our hearts. Lord, we know the students are in here and some of them are antsy. But Lord, if they didn't hear anything else, Lord, let them hear this. Lord, that they're loved. Not only by their mom and dads and grandmas and grandpas, but by their church family. And Lord, let these students know that their lives matter. And Lord, that they would want to knock. They would want to open that door and allow you to come in and just flood them with so much peace and so much strength. Lord, to help them go through those 30 hours of school. Lord, that you would really speak to the young people of this church. Lord, that you would show them how big and mighty you are. Lord, we thank you for sending your son. Lord, we thank you for loving us when we're unlovable. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to love on others and showing us how. Lord, touch those that are hurting. Lord, love on those that need prayer. Lord, show us how to love like you. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.